Now, aren't you glad I came up with that, huh? No, not really. <laughs> I had to uh, convince Carrie on Wednesday when I came in with that song idea that I was serious. He couldn't believe I was serious about that. I uh, don't have a screen to use, but I put in the notes, there's a cartoon says, from Charlie, uh, not Charlie Brown, um, Winnie the Pooh. And in it is Eeyore. And Eeyore is this uh, delightful character that we're glad is available. Because for Eeyore, things are always not working. And in this one little scene, Eeyore has his own little rain cloud that's just over him that just follows him around. And that sort of describes Eeyore on every day, in every, every area of his life. And it struck me that we are living in a time when it sort of feels sometimes that maybe we're Eeyore. That there's a rain cloud following us around in the challenges that we face. A sense that things aren't right. They're just not the way they should be. Sort of that our world is broken. But in a sense, that's actually the truth. And it's not just because of COVID-19. Our world is broken. And the Bible explains that to us, I think, to warn us. For when we are in times like this, and we say, this isn't right. And Scripture would say, you're right. God would say, I agree. The world that we live in is indeed broken. God didn't make it this way. It wasn't his plan. He didn't create our problems in a sense we as humans are living in our own creation. Because creation rebelled against its creator. Uh, we are told enough to understand what has happened and why what we're experiencing is happening. One of the archangels, a specially powerful commander of angels, that's what archangel means, who was so mighty and so glorious and so wonderful he began to think that he was God or should be God. His name was Lucifer. And we're told in Scripture that there was war in heaven. And he and those who followed him were driven out of heaven. And they are here. And with us, in cooperation, he said, yeah, you can be God. And Adam and Eve said, yeah, we'd like that. And humanity began to cooperate with that whole attitude. And our current broken world is the result. We understand that and we see the results. And it makes sense. I don't know anyone who can look at our world and say there's not something wrong. Whether you want to look at that at the COVID level or an economic level or a political level. Or countries where their own rulers abuse their own people. Whatever level you want to look at that. It's hard to avoid the conclusion that our world is broken. Peter warns us in 1 Peter 5.8, Be alert and sober-minded. Be careful. Pay attention because your enemy, the devil, prowls around roaring, like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Our world is not only dangerous, it, it, broken, it is a dangerous place to live because evil is here. So what do we do? 
is there a reason for hope? Because if you're like me, you look at the big issues that we are confronting as a world and we feel so powerless. What can we do to fix it? What can we do to stop it? Satan is very powerful. Evil is very powerful. The challenges we face seem so totally beyond our ability to do anything. Is there a reason for hope? Uh, we are in a series that has just begun last week called Unshakable. It says there is a reason to hope. There's actually several reasons to hope. Because God has given us promises. God does care. God hasn't removed himself. He isn't just watching from a distance. He does care about us and the condition of his world that he created. In Psalm 46, verses 1 and 2, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, because of who God is and he's always present, therefore, we will not fear. We don't need to fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Now if you really think about that second verse, David is picturing as dramatic a situation, as dire a situation as you can imagine. The earth is giving way, the mountains are falling. We are talking about a cataclysmic type of event that would shake everything of our existence. And yet David says, because God is with us, we do not need to be fear, afraid. That is the hope that God has offered us. And the promise that God has given us is what we sang about. Romans 16:20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under our feet. Evil is going to lose. All of the pain, all of the violence, all of the brokenness of this world, the very things that we struggle with, the things that we look at and say, this isn't right, this is broken. This isn't as it should be. That is the very thing that God says, I know. And I am going to defeat evil. Satan and all that he is trying to do, it's not going to work. And we read at the end of Revelation where God says, I am going to come and I am going to make everything new. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth and everything will be set right. And all of those things which we look at and say, that's not right, they will be gone. They will be corrected. There will be no more crying. There will be no more tears. There will be no more brokenness. God is coming to make everything new. Satan will be defeated. Evil is going to lose. Now, if you weren't here last week or if you weren't online, I would urge you to read last uh, here, read whatever last week's sermon. Because the question is obvious. Can we believe this promise of God? Because it seems so Beyond belief, beyond what we can hope for, can we really trust that? I would say yes, we can. 
And part of the reason I say that is what we looked at last week, and that is that God makes promises and God can be believed. We can believe this promise of God just because of God gave it to us. He never lies. He is totally good, and no promise of his has, has ever failed. We read that repeatedly in Scripture, no promise of God has ever failed. So if God promises it, we can take it to the bank. Evil is going to be defeated. And there have been times in history, and maybe you feel like it's such a time as that now, where it seems like evil is so prevalent, it is so powerful, and the good seems so weak. There's no way. But every time throughout history that has seemed to be the case, evil fails, it is taken down, and God comes and God works in amazing ways, and he will do that again. But that's not the only reason we can believe this promise of God. God has already defeated Satan repeatedly. If you put this in context, this rebellion, this battle, this birth of evil began in heaven. And Lucifer, Satan, was driven out with all those who follow him. He was driven out of heaven. Every time Jesus encountered a demon while he was on earth, that demon instantly bowed to him and obeyed him. God is more powerful than Satan and evil. And evil will always lose to God. But the most important thing for us as Christians is how Christ defeated Satan once and for all on the cross. Destroying once and for all Satan's greatest weapon, the weapon that he uses to hold all of us enslaved to him. I want to read three verses from Colossians 2. It lays out what Christ accomplished on the cross for us. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Now understand what, what Paul is referencing there, and then we're going to read one more verse. When we sin, we create a debt against God. And that debt, that punishment for sin is death. Because we are separated from God by our sin. And that condemnation, that verdict that we are sinners, that death sentence, that's what Satan uses to control us. We're his. We're his slaves. We're his prisoners condemned to death by our own sin. And yet Christ on the cross paid for that. Paid for our sins so that we are sinners. But we are now labeled forgiven. Our debt is paid. Satan has no power over us. When he tries to come and say, you're mine, you owe me, we say, no, sorry, Christ took care of my sin. You have no power over me. Finally, in verse 15, Paul says, Christ has disarmed the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them, 
triumphing over them by the cross. Please understand what Paul's referring to here. The greatest strategic move God ever accomplished. Forgotten, for Satan summoned all of his forces to kill the Son of God. And that happened on Good Friday. Jesus was dead and buried. And I guarantee you Satan and his demons rejoiced. We did it. We killed the Son of God. We are more powerful. And of course, we know what happened on Sunday morning. As that grave opened, the earth shook, and out walked Christ alive. Alive again. Death was defeated because he's alive. And his death was enough to pay for sins, our sins, your sin, my sin. The sins of all humanity, any who ask him to be their savior. His death was enough. He made a public, public spectacle of Satan and his efforts, his strategy, his demons. And he turned what Satan thought was his victory into God's greatest victory. Satan is defeated. Christ paid our debt. Our debts have been canceled, paid in full, nailed to the cross. Unfortunately, this war is not over. Jesus has won. The outcome is no longer in doubt. We know who's going to win. But you know, if you think about most wars on earth, there is that time that we can look back in history and say, at that battle, that defeat, the outcome was not in doubt any longer. But normally, usually, the enemy doesn't just quit fighting. They either don't understand or they can't accept it, and so they continue to fight. And sometimes that war may go on for a year, two years, three years, but the outcome was never in doubt after that point. And you can see that in virtually every war. And we, unfortunately, are living with that now. On Golgotha's hill, on Calvary, the battle was over, then Satan has lost. But he's not going to quit fighting. But he's lost. And the outcome of this war is no longer in doubt. God is going to crush Satan under our feet. Evil is going to lose. Unfortunately, we still live in a war zone. The battles rage. Evil is still alive. Satan is still prowling like a lion looking for people to devour. He wants to take every person possible down with him. But we have God's promise. And because of that promise, we can have an unshakable life, no matter what we have to face, no matter what is coming. Evil is going to lose. And those who stand with Jesus are going to be with him in his victory. And are, we are going to share in that new earth, that new heaven, where everything is perfect, everything is restored. And our sense of this isn't right will be gone. And that's what can give us an unshakable hope.
as we have to live life here now in this world that is still broken and still engaged in a war. But please understand those fighting for us are far greater than those fighting for evil. I love the story of Elisha and his helper. And it's, and it's a story, story that we all need to hear and we need to allow it to live in our lives because that's how we can find hope today. The incident, the incident that, that I want to share with you today is in 2 Kings 6, 16 and 17. The Aramean army has come into Israel, has invaded Israel, and they are beyond number. They are an unstoppable army. At that time, they were the greatest power in the Mideast. It was hopeless. And Elisha said, they wake up the next morning and the city they're in is surrounded by this army that is beyond number. And Elisha's servant, Elisha was one of God's prophets. Elisha's servant wakes up, comes running, he sees this, the Aramean army, comes running to Elisha and says, Elisha, we're done. That army was actually hunting Elisha because he was God's prophet. And this servant says, it's over, we're done. We're done. And Elisha says to him, do not be afraid, because those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, at that point, I, this is a, a great story. At that point, the servant has to have looked around and said, okay, Elisha's lost it. Because I'm looking inside this city, and maybe there's a few hundred Israelites. And there, and there are, are thousands, thousands and thousands and thousands of Arameans, and he's, and he's saying those who are with us are greater than those against us? And maybe, and maybe you feel that way today. But then, but then Elisha prays, and he says, Open his eyes, Lord, so he can really see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked. And he, and he saw, saw the hills were full of horses, horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And the, and the forces for God were so much greater than the forces for evil. And within a day, the Aramean army was totally defeated and gone. Because God's forces are greater. And the, and the promise, promise of Romans, Romans is true. Satan, Satan will be defeated. Evil is going to lose. And I, and I want you to remember to see and look for what Elisha, what Elisha prayed, prayed for his servant. Because, because those who are with you are greater than those who are against you. you. And, it and it may not feel that way some days. But, but pray, pray that, that you, you might see God's power. See, see those who are for God. Because, because they were greater than a cross. They were greater than an Aramean army. And, and they are greater today than any virus or any other chaos in our world. Or any other evil in our world. God is greater. And those, and those who are with us are greater, are, are more than those, those who are with evil. And we, and we can, can hold on to that promise of God and have unshakable hope no matter what we face this week.
hold on, on to, to him, him. His, his hand. hand. Let's, Let's pray. pray. Father, Father, thank, thank you, for you for this promise, promise that, you that you have made, made to us. That, that evil, evil, no matter how powerful it seems to us in any given moment, moment that, that evil is going to lose and you are going to win. Righteousness will prevail. Help, Help us have faith, faith enough to hold on to that promise. promise. Even, Even when it seems like the Elisha's servant, it seems impossible. Nothing, nothing is impossible to you. You're, you're God. God. And, you and you are for us. And for, and that, for that, we thank you. In Jesus', in Jesus name, name, amen. amen.